Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. These are credit-hungry people and typically credit-worthy. You know, in their own countries, they've built up good credit history, but it just doesn't come across. 100 episodes. It's a milestone I never even considered when I made the decision to start a podcast in the tail end of the COVID lockdowns. My goal then was simply to stay in touch with the industry while I took a step back from corporate life and to reach out to parts of the industry that my life in unsecured high street lending had never taken me before. And now, from the 6th of June to the 8th of June, I'll be recording an episode or two of this very show, live at Money 2020 in Amsterdam. How to Lend Money to Strangers really has grown so much. I've spoken to lending leaders and innovators in Africa, Asia, Australia, Europe, and the Americas both North and South. I've spoken to lending leaders and innovators doing everything from the familiar to the really quite unique. Gamified loan journeys and gamified psychometric credit scores. Mortgages backed by crypto and mortgages redesigned as rent-yielding bonds. Loans secured by NFTs and loans secured by sailing boats. Consider my horizons broadened. And speaking of broader horizons, don't they always tell you to travel if you want to do that? Maybe live in a new country for a few years. I've done that three times myself and I can't guarantee there's not one more move left in me yet. But immigration is not without its costs and hurdles. And I'm not talking here about the forced migration, the sort of thing that I spoke about with Lev Plavis from Kiva. I'm talking about the easy stuff. An established adult sees an opportunity to accelerate their career abroad, so they pack their bags and go. And they land, their clothes neatly folded in their suitcase, a few keepsakes wrapped in bubble wrap to remind them of home, their pets are maybe in quarantine, perhaps there's a shipping container en route with all their furniture. They're bringing everything with them, except their credit history. That's left behind, never to be seen again. Or is it? Welcome to How to Lend Money to Strangers with Brendan LaGrange. Matt Davis, UK market development for Nova Credit as they expand globally. Welcome to what will be the 100th episode of How to Lend Money to Strangers. Thank you, Brandon. Thanks for having us. Oh, pleasure. People move, credit history doesn't. We're changing that. I spoke to Misha Esipov, co-founder and CEO of Nova, for episode 11 of the show. But for those who may have missed that, before we talk about what you're doing in the UK, what is Nova Credit and where does it fit into that broader uh, lending ecosystem? Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I think the strap line does sum it quite well. So when people move, and there's 280 million international migrants around the world, but when they move country, and whether that's to work or to study or to be with family, they don't take their credit, well, they can't take their credit history with them. So when they land in their new country, and they're trying to establish their life, lenders and, and financial services providers 
can't just immediately accept them or review them because there is no credit footprint in the UK or whatever country they've moved to. So they really struggle to access just normal financial products. And that has a big detriment on their life. So Nova was established in 2016 to try and fix that problem. Can you talk to us about why the UK was chosen as one of the first markets to move into? I know there's a a few other markets that Nova's going live in as we speak. We're pushing into Canada. Regulation is even more complicated in Canada because there's seven provinces that you have to get regulated in each. But the the immigrant market in Canada is equally strong, equally hungry, and it's extremely receptive. And then we've got a relationship with AECB in UAE. It's like 90% are, are expats. So again, it's just such an obvious market for us. And it's a really interesting route to market. You know, we work with AECB and then AECB sell it directly to their lenders. It's in Singapore as well with HSBC, who's a global partner. So that's been a really interesting exercise. And then, yeah, in the UK. It's one of the largest financial centers globally, obviously, and also a really good thriving fintech sector. And and there's a lot of partnerships between the, the large banking partners, the large incumbents and fintech. So there is an established relationship model. There's established large banks, established fintechs. But also the size of the opportunity for a relatively small country. The size of our immigrant population is huge. It's one in seven people, over 10 million people in the UK were foreign born. And it's continually growing. There's 1.2 million long-term visas issued every year. And that's long-term, so people are coming in to, to stay. And they're also typically good earners as well. Around a quarter of those earn over the national UK average. So a, a good credit risk bet, as it were. And they also tend to stay for five, 10 years or longer than 10 years. So it's the market, there's the, the, the big lenders, there's established partners that we've already got, such as Amex and HSBC, and then the population statistics just, you know, it's very attractive for us. I didn't realize just how big a market it was and a market that is in need of, of credit. So we'll yes. talk a bit about what that means for lenders uh, in a minute. But if we zoom down from that to the individual level and we look at the human impact of this, when an immigrant arrives in, in the UK, they've got their visa and they want to start their their new life, their new jobs. What is the impact of arriving without a credit history? It's all sorts of facets of establishing a life in a new country. It's renting a property. You need a credit history to, to be able to rent a yeah. property. If you haven't got a UK credit history, you have to pay six months rent up front or find a UK guarantor. So obviously both of those are just you know unpleasant experiences. Mobile phones. We did some research recently to over a thousand new to country people and over two thirds want a mobile phone immediately. But again, they need to do a credit check so they won't be able to get a contract. They'll just get pay as you go or same money or something like that. So they'll suffer on that. That that was an interesting one for me when I arrived because we wanted to land and be able to, to, to buy a house. So I'd arrange for a mortgage before I left, but I hadn't thought of all the other stuff. So I landed and day one, I woke up and went into town. So yeah, I'd like to get a a cell phone contract, please. And I couldn't get one. I couldn't even get one without the handsets. You know, I could buy a house, but I I can't get £50 a month uh, in in mobile phone. And it is amazing how many of these things tie down to your credit history. It's not the lender's fault necessarily. It's it's the system and it's the fact that no one has cracked this problem before. No one's cracked the cross-border credit history problem before and i was at a panel yesterday at altfi and talking to major lenders just just on the break and they're all saying the same thing it's amazing that no one has done this before and i said well it's it's a lot of hard work you know we're in 25 countries around the world now 
and every single country has got a different regulatory position. So we have to have a regulatory language in each country. We're consumer permissioned. So again, we have mm. to have the correct consumer permission language in each country. And then there's also, you know, all, all the relationships with the Bureau, the APIs. So it's it's a really big piece of work that Nova Credit's undertaking and, and, and getting through. But yeah, I think, you know, when, when people arrive, you know, they want all these different financial services that they need to set up their life. And, and it's just difficult with pretty much everything they try and do. It's all the essential services and products that they need to get set up. It's like, it's, like I say, accommodations, phones, car loans, mobile phone contracts. And this research that we did, I think it was two in three said that the, the process to receive a credit product took way longer than it should have done. And it was actually the lenders were saying it's because you haven't got a UK credit history. Only a quarter actually experienced a fully online process to access credit products. They had to go outside of the online process. They had to do manual, you know, maybe go into a branch, take the paperwork. It's just not a great experience. And it's also costly for the lender to go through a manual underwriting process. And again, it was two thirds want a phone, two thirds want to rent a property. You know, these are credit hungry people and typically credit worthy, you know, in their own countries, they built up good credit history but it just doesn't come across. Yeah, and some of those have quite a big lag on them because if you think about things like renting a property, your property stability is something that comes into all your future measurements of risk that other people will take. And if you arrive here and you you can't establish yourself in one place, you might be in a long-term Airbnb situation for a month or two, and then maybe you're somewhere for a month or two. And then once you've got your feet underneath you, you've now got three or four addresses and that you know, penalizes you for years to come. So it is one of these things yeah. that really is such a mess. It takes your time. It's stressful in the new country. And of course, though, it's not great for lenders either because they're missing out. I did just some very back of the envelope numbers. So this is not something anyone listening should really build into their own numbers without checking themselves. But basically, if I look at the census statistics, there are about 700,000 new adults every year in the UK. It's so like kids graduating school or university. So that's kind of one tranche of big new customers to to pursue for banks, which is not too far off from that visa number. And since I didn't research mine very well, let's just say you know similar size populations, new yeah. uh, new adults and and new arrivals. But when you're a new adult, I mean, you might need a credit card, maybe even need something like a, a loan for a small second hand car or something. But your credit needs are fairly limited, and lenders can often serve you with a specific product so a new credit builder for 20 year olds or you know a product that's designed for the needs of a new adult but when you arrive from abroad it's a you know a large spectrum as you said quite a lot of people earning significantly more than the uk average but anyway people coming with established lives when i landed at 40 in the uk you know i wanted some credit cards to to get going i needed two cars yeah, we were in the, mar- the market for a mortgage. There was a lot of stuff I wanted to do straight away. And there are not many times in a customer's life when they want to do so many things at once. So if you can crack that, that market is punching above its weight in terms of credit demand. And it's a short-term demand. You know, I've still got the same cars four years later. I haven't needed that same level of credit since. So there's this window of opportunity. And I wonder in your data if you're seeing that as well. Yes. I mean, in the UK, we are pretty much new to market. We launched in March. We got our FCA authorization uh, December last year. Certainly of the research that we did, two thirds need a credit card, two thirds need a mobile phone, two thirds want to rent a property. It was a fifth expect to apply for a mortgage in the next 12 months. You need all those things to build your life right. And it will be short term. 
but then I think that you know that there's a good element of brand loyalty. So if X bank looks after immigrants when they arrive, you know, assuming the products are competitive, they they're going to stay with them because you know yeah, everybody yeah. else said no when they arrived, or, or any you know whether it's a bank or a car loan or a mobile phone, you know, if that company looks after immigrants when they arrive, you know, why would they leave? And there is a good network effect. You know, immigrants do talk to each other. They may end up in you know WhatsApp groups together trying to help each other establish a life. So we, we do see evidence of that kind of ripple effect. Certainly in the US, we, we know that happens. Now, obviously, the flip side of it, people listening are going to say, okay, okay, but what about the risk? So if somebody arrives with foreign credit scores, you know, it's a credit score, sure, but it's also foreign, it's unknown. When I spoke to Misha, one of the, the, the things that Nova's stats had shown was actually, you know, when you look at the performance of loans, as you said now, seven years or so that uh, Nova's been live in, in the US, when you look at the performance of immigrants, the risk outcomes is actually predicted by their credit scores. The risk that you would expect from abroad is the risk that you're seeing in, in country. But are these populations more risky than sort of similar populations of local customers? But, you know, how we make this work is we have relationships with the traditional credit bureaus globally, as I said, 25 different countries. So that's your experience, your CRIFs, your Equifax, TransUnions, established large companies. We can't work in countries that don't have an established credit bureau system. We're just launching the Ukraine Credit Bureau at the moment. You know, obviously, there's a huge, there's going to be a strong demand there. But we do a lot of due diligence on the bureau that are in the market. You know, if there's two or three, we'll work to make sure that the one we're working with has got the best data sets, the most reliable data sets, the best coverage. So the data coming out is very trustworthy. It's very established. There's nothing flaky about it. And what you will also find is that credit reports globally have pretty much the same data, pretty much the same structure, which enables us to work with these different countries, pull the credit reports, and then standardize them into a Nova format so that the lender is just ingesting one data format. It doesn't have to deal with all the 25 different countries and languages and currencies. We, we do all that heavy lifting. So I think, yeah, it's, it's important to say that the, the data coming into the lender from, from abroad is very robust data. And, 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 you know, we've done a lot of due diligence. As to what then happens, you know, the lenders will still have credit policies that they'll wrap around the new to country applicants. Um, yeah. And that's totally up to them what they do. But what, what we do, do see typically is that if someone has got a good credit score in their previous country, they will perform well in their new country because, you know, they've built that credit history. It takes time. It takes good behavior. If they've got a bad credit history in, in the previous country, then it suggests that, you know, they will perform badly in the UK. So there is that element of how did it perform before should be a strong indicator. The, the one piece of evidence we do have is from Amex, which is live in, in the US, a major partner of ours. And what they see in the case study that we've got is that the applicants that come via Nova Credit are 75% less risky than they get direct from US applicants. So that's obviously a great demonstrator of the performance of the immigrant population. We're also consumer permissioned. So the consumer is fully in control of this process and they have to give their authorization. They give us the data to, to match them in their home credit bureau. It's totally opt-in. They don't have to do it. Yeah. Um, so you, you could get the, the bias there of they're opting in because they know they've got a good credit history. Yeah, which is perfectly fine, isn't it? It yeah. gives the customer who... You know, has a good history and is intending to perform well, that tool that they can say, look, I'm different. If the bad consumers are self-selecting out, 
Yeah, that's that's strong information on its own. And of course, there'll be some yeah. people that are, are caught up in the noise. But I mean, it does allow the proactive uh, consumer to kind of lift themselves uh, out of the out of the masses, as it were. Exactly. And, and you know, we, we make the price all fully automated and it's all in real time. So when you're doing 10 other things of trying to establish yourself in a new country, the last thing you want to be doing is going in, filling forms and queuing. So, yeah, so it's all fully automated. So, it, again, it's, it's just so much better for the consumer, so much better for the lender. Before we talk about how they can you know, get hold of Nova here in the UK, get hold of you, Matt, let's talk about that process uh, in kind of nuts and bolts. Mm-hmm. As you said, it's consumer consent driven. But what does that process look like if I'm applying for a loan? Do I, as the consumer, take Nova with me and uh, introduce them to, to the lender? Or does the lender have a relationship with Nova? How does the process fit together? Sure. So, so yes, the, the, there's two relationships. Both the lender and Nova Credit has a relationship with, with the consumer. The consumer gives Nova Credit permission to act as their agent in their home country to retrieve their credit file. And then also gives us permission to then transfer that data to the lender in question. But it is driven by the lender. So if, if someone goes to the Amex website, that's where they'll discover that they're able to use their foreign credit history. So Amex have a dedicated landing page for for immigrants. Other lenders that we're talking to in the UK, you can simply have a tick box, a tick box to say, I've got credit history in a previous country. At that point, Nova Credit takes over the application journey. So we have an iframe that's embedded in the website through which we will gather the required PII, the, the data to match them in their home credit bureau. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It's not an onerous process. It's kind of akin to open banking, really. We're getting yeah. their name, we're getting their previous address in whatever country they're in. We will then, via API, in real time, go to their home country bureau. So Australia, we work with Equifax, for example. We will then look to match them in their home credit bureau. If we find a match, we'll then bring back their credit history, the full credit report. There's also, and again, lenders do like this, each credit bureau in each country has their own authentication steps. So if we do it in the UK, if we try and get our credit history in the UK from Experian or whoever, they will ask us, you know, who's your mortgage with? Who's your mobile phone provider? Just to ensure it is who they say it is. So each country, each credit bureau has their own knowledge-based questions or authentication step to go through, which is completely out of Nova's control. But that's all done, again, within the iframe. Then once that's passed, we will then bring back the credit history, as I said, the credit report. Then we retrieve the full credit report. We'll take anything out that's not regulatory compliant in the home market 
And then, as I said, we'll standardize it into one format. We'll translate it in the UK into English, into pounds, and we'll localize the foreign credit score. Again, quite important. So, you know, you, you've not got a lender trying to understand an Indian credit score, which is obviously, you know, quite, quite a process to understand. So there's a huge amount of IP in there from Novi Credit. There's a huge amount of years of investment in that part of the step. Once that's done, again, in real time, we'll then transfer all that data in a JSON format to the lender for them to ingest in their decisioning engine. And again, whatever policies they want to wrap around it, they can do that. And, you know, gradually they they learn how they want to operate with, within that sector. So it's basically leveling the playing field for the immigrant they're getting the same kind of treatment as a UK resident would. They're getting the same opportunity for the same financial products. And on the flip side, all these lenders can now access this, you know, million plus credit hungry, credit worthy segment that's literally hiding in plain sight. And then there's not many, if any, market segments that you could say it's a million people and no one's actually tackling it and no one's actually serving it. Something I quite like, well, one, because Misha was very kind to come onto my show long before we had any any kind of listeners, based on a sort of a chance meeting we'd had a few years before in, in, in China, but also because I've three times be, been an immigrant and I know that I've had it relatively easy being in the financial services, but still kind of experiencing the the nickels that go there. I think it's great to clean up. And as you said, yeah, frees up 1.2 million new customers for, for you to to speak to at a time when everybody's looking for some some good low-risk growth. So a win-win for everyone. And and Matt, I've actually just been kind of pushing uh, the show marketing advertising in, uh, into the UK market a bit stronger these days. So we're now sitting at about 60% of the listeners to the show are based in the UK. So I'm sure a number of them will be interested. How can they either you know get on board or make sure that their organizations have got the little checkbox to, to open up the market to them as well? If somebody wants to speak to you in the UK about getting uh, involved with Nova, if somebody wants to just learn a bit more about what Nova Credit's doing here, or maybe abroad, we do have a, a global audience as well, what's the best place that they can go to to start those sort of conversations? We're at novacredit.com, nice and easy. And then if anybody in the UK wanted to get in touch with me, it's matt at novacredit.com, M-A-T-T. And happily walking through the the, the proposition give them a demo of the the customer flow, talk about the immigration statistics a little bit more. We've got a lot of information on what countries people come in from, what countries we can serve. We always help create a business case so they can look at the, the total addressable market, which is interesting because it takes three years to establish a credit history, right? So the TAM yeah. is actually bigger than just the one year. We're obviously really helpful in year one. And it tails off a little bit, but it's still in you know year three, we're still useful because they're still going to have a thin credit file in the UK. But yeah, happily take any lenders through it. You've obviously spent a lot of time now sort of bedding this down and getting the business off the ground to FCA approval and, and launch. What is your focus on now in the UK? Where, where are your key priorities? Yeah, so last year was definitely really focused on getting regulated by the FCA, um, which was great to get that at the end of the year. And to, to be fair to the FCA, you know, that they, they really were interested in our model. It's obviously a brand new model. No one else is doing it. So they were, they were very open to understanding what we're doing and could absolutely see the benefit. The consumer duty that's rolling out from the FCA is actually yeah. kind of works in our favor a little bit because it, it's all about positive outcomes for customers. We, we have a car finance company that specifically wants to make sure they're providing good outcomes. They get new to country applicants 
uh, and they just have to go through a real painful manual process. So, you know, one of the reasons they're interested is because of consumer duty. So, yeah, I, I actually enjoyed working with the FCA. I think there was a lot of people doing a lot more work than I was doing with the FCA. So uh, I, I got away with that. But, yeah, so that's what we were doing. And, then we, you know, we were building, you know, I was building awareness of, of the company in the UK and just trying to start building a pipeline. So, you know, now we are authorised. It's very much full steam ahead into this year. We've got a major bank launch, uh, which is not not public yet, but is live and is working and is delivering really good volume. And that will be announced towards the end of May. We've got a mobile phone provider really close to signing. We've got the car finance provider. We have a tenant screening company, hopefully launching end of May. So what I've been focusing on is trying to address each of these key verticals that I talk about. So we have one solution for, for each of them by the end of the year, ideally. And also working with some fintechs because obviously the big banks and big lenders are great because they've got the volume, but there is an inherent pace that those companies are actually able to work at and the fintechs can just move so much quicker. So, you know, looking to, to work with fintechs as well. Yeah, and, and just keep keep pushing and meeting new new customers, keep spreading the word, keep educating around the immigrant market, you know, educating the lenders in a positive way because it's it's a known unknown you know who are these people what do they do how long do they stay how much do they earn are they going to you know leave the country and really really take them through that knowledge journey so that they can get comfortable with that and you know just keep working with financial services providers across the board of all these products of all different sizes to to help them integrate our technology and serve the immigrant population better and push into new markets for the lender themselves yeah, perfect. Well, I wish you the best of luck for that. Lots to to keep you busy. Lots of positive news for, for people like myself who've done the globe hopping thing. So interesting for me on, on many levels. And thank you, Matt, for making the time to join me on the show. Not at all. Thank you, Brendan. Thanks for having us. And thank you all for listening. Please do look for and follow the show on your favorite podcast platform and share the updates widely on LinkedIn where lending nerds are found in our largest concentration. Plus, send me a connection request while you're there. This show is written and recorded by myself, Brendan LaGrange, in Brighton, England, and edited by Fina Charlson of FC Productions. Show music is by I Am Wake, and you can find show notes and written transcripts at www.howtolendmoneytostrangers.show or just www.htlmts.show, and I'll see you again next Thursday.